it's good to be back welcome back <laughs> welcome back pastor john you did great thank you so much yeah i think i left a church that was doing really well and uh, i came back to a church that is doing better yeah we had a great trip uh a ministry trip and god did some phenomenal things and i'll share some of them with you today but while we were away um kelsey and i carried you in our hearts everywhere we went and i can guarantee you this that every single person who we ministered to um uh, were have received an impartation of what we carry as a church it was awesome uh we went for those of you who don't know uh, kelsey and i had a ministry trip we were invited to do a couple of conferences in central asia and uh we are so grateful to god that god is using us uh in in central asia and is going to be in europe but uh, i can really say this that going forward we have uh really developed phenomenal relationships over there over the last 8 days uh and we're looking forward to taking teams of people from here uh into central asia and also africa You know, Life Church God gave us a word and said that you are going global. Amen. And on the worst pandemic the earth has ever seen, uh the like financially, financially, um we grew as a church and we're growing globally and God is doing awesome things. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah. So we're super grateful to God because of our church. Because a pastor is not greater than his congregation in fact the congregation is the family that makes every single person in our family great so everything that i'm sharing with you today is not just kelsey and me it is all of us doing it together we met a met, we were invited by wonderful pastors Daniel and Sarah and who are some of the most faithful people to operate where they are operating i don't want to give you the names because it's a persecuted environment but wherever they are in central asia god is doing phenomenal things through their lives and we were able to partner with them and see the work of god and what they're doing and also come alongside them and add value to the 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 ministry that they're doing in that region and also we got a, a great opportunity to meet phenomenal people from south africa uh some powerful ministers from south africa and i can guarantee you this that south africa is open for life church global so central asia and africa uh israeli what is on our radar at the moment you know uh, we love our local church and we love our city and i'm not saying that that we're not going to focus on what is happening here in the house but what i'm saying is that our growth comes when we start ministering when we start going out when we step out of our comfort zones we step out of what is happening within these four walls to step out and love the people that jesus gave his life for and so i'm grateful that we have a congregation of people who are with us and um and and we're super grateful that god's power has does not stop at the man in front 
God's power flows through every single person that is in this room. You are, the person sitting next to you is as, the powerful, is as powerful as the man standing in front. Is that amazing? I want you to touch your neighbor and say, you're powerful. You're powerful. You're powerful. Whether you believe it or not, you're powerful. <laughs> you know, sometimes um, people receive a word... Um, but they don't believe it until uh, they hear the intensity in your voice. So say it like you believe it. <laughs> Jesus had 12 disciples and he turned the world upside down. There's more than 12 in this room to turn every other planet upside down. It is so good to be in God's house. I, uh, I missed you. But, you know, but I'll tell you, I found, I found a group of people who are like you. They are not you, but they are like you. And so we have uh, linked up with a sister church called Spring of Life. <laughs> uh, it's amazing how God brings people together. Uh, and it, it, literally, I, I felt like I was in Life Church Global. And I felt like I was preaching to our church. And uh, they have such a high value for God's presence, God's people, but also for God's word. So I was given four sessions to preach. And um, so it was back-to-back -back sessions. And so when I started my first session, they were so hungry for the word that they said they don't want to break. Keep going on, keep going on. And you know, that's an invitation for me to go deep. So uh, I decided I'm going to bless them. And I poured out what this house lives every single day. And, um, and it was amazing. Amazing. Haven't you, when you, you know, when you go to somebody else's house, uh, a family, or you visit someone's home, you really learn more about yourself. <laughs> you know, some, some people take it negatively and they're like, oh, look at how perfect, you know, how the children behave and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you, uh, some people will look at all the stuff that they do and, and say, wow, you know, this is where I need to improve. And I felt like that during this trip and, I, and, I, and I, you, I'm, not, I'm not talking about how perfect everything is. And that, there's a reason why nothing was working today in terms of electronics. It's because of my message I'm about to preach. <laughs> you, you don't understand how God works. I understand perfectly how God works. <laughs> I, I love the way God works and he's so funny. And, um, but I love, uh, we, we were so blessed and um, we ministered um, just the gospel of grace and the Father's heart and, and they, they received it and there were so many miracles that took place uh, over there. And uh, I'm going to share a couple of them with you during the service. And uh, I really believe that, that what I learned from them, sorry, I came away learning more from them than I actually gave to them. That's how amazing... That's how amazing they are as, as, a, as a church and a congregation. Their youth uh, demonstrated um, fearlessness like I've never seen before. Their people demonstrated fearlessness like you've never seen before. They really believe the word that they 
that they listen to. We're so impacted by the people over there. But we were so impacted by a couple that we met there who came to do just one session. And their one session just blew me away. Their names, were, their names are pastors Keith and Angela McLaren from South Africa. Many of you may not have known or heard of their names, but they are they're the group of people who have no names and no faces and no YouTube page and no Facebook page and no Instagram page and they don't put posts and they don't have a creative team around them. But this white South African couple uh, in their 60s were called to Zululand. They were not called to Johannesburg. They were not called to Pretoria. They were not called to Cape Town. They were called to Zulu land, to the Zulu people. I was so impacted by them because this couple in their 60s and early 70s are laying down their life for a people group that is unreached, has the highest rate of HIV in the world. These people have created, have started a church amongst the Zulu people. And they've started a church, they've started a primary school, and they've established a form of business as a mission so that they can empower people to live in dignity. Isn't that amazing? And so that's why I'm saying that our church is linked with them now and we're going to do awesome things with them. We're going to partner with, with Keith and Angela and we are going to really, really come alongside them and see God do awesome things, not only in Zululand, but the entire South Africa. Um, it's amazing. We, we, met a, we met two other ministers that I'll explain to you later on, but I don't have time right now. But God is doing such awesome things in the world. And who cares about whether everybody knows it or not? I really came, along, I, I really came away from this trip and I just, all, all, I, all I hear from the Lord is, who cares? Who cares of the opinions of people? Who cares about what people say? We're on a mission. We have things to do. We have things to get done. And this is our father speaking to us and saying, hold on a minute, stop getting caught up with trying to make yourself famous. Just do what I've asked you to do and change the life of the person who is sitting right next to you. You know, we're different people. Very different. And Kelsey and I stood out. <laughs> we, we, we stood out. Not saying that the environment was, it was very similar to Life Church Global, but we stood out. And it stu- we stood out, the reason, because, not because we were the youngest there, but we stood out because of the word we believe. You know, I love uh, the, the testimony that Lizelle shared. Uh, I mean, I, I know them, past, present, and I know their future as well. But I, I know their past. I know where they come from. I know the, the, the mindset that they had. But I, I can see them. I can witness today the word made flesh amongst us. That is, that is how amazing this God is. That, we, that day, uh, during those days, we prophesied and prophesied probably over 120 people a night. Like, I mean, if you thought you had the gift of prophecy and word of knowledge, like prophesy over 120 people a night and be accurate. Nothing about me. You, know, you need to understand. You're nothing about me and Kelsey. I'm talking about if you make yourself available, God, if God can use a donkey, he can use me. That's what I'm trying to communicate to you. But are you available 
to speak are you available for god to use you <laughs> 100 to over 120 people a night and it was amazing because they just kept coming they just kept coming there was a point where i was standing like this next to the drum kit in the stage and there i could see at least maybe 30 people around me hungry for god for a word from god but there were crazy miracles that happened that night you know there was a lady doctor who came to me came to ask Kelsey and me and she said um, uh, i just, i don't need anything i just need you to pray for me uh, and i said uh, so i looked at her up and down in in the in the with spiritualized okay don't think you know what i mean um, i looked <laughs> in spiritualized uh, and i said are you sure there's nothing wrong with your body and she said no i'm perfectly fine i'm a doctor i know if something's wrong with my body i said so what's happening with your hip she looked at me very perplexed i said there's an issue with your hip there's an issue with your heart it's it's beating very slowly and there's issues with your legs i said no 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 i said yes 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 something is wrong and god wants to fix it so can i pray for you so i started praying for her and she was like you know so i said you know check your shoulders is there pain you know da 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 all that kind of stuff she's going through this no there's nothing wrong i said okay cool sit on the chair there's something wrong with you like not wrong with you as a person there's something wrong in your body you know what i mean right yeah so she sat down on the chair and she put her legs out and one leg was shorter than the other and she put her hands out and one hand was shorter than the other and i said see as a doctor is this right or wrong she said it's very wrong <laughs> so then Kel- i asked kelsey can you lay your hands on her ask kelsey this is how this is how i told kelsey i said babe can you grow her legs please You must understand we're not praying then now to Jesus Jesus please grow her legs so I we commanded her legs legs grow out and balance in her body now and then whilst while Kelsey was doing that her legs started growing out and I had to tell the legs stop enough enough it's too much go back into place It might freak you out might freak you out but the same power that is in me is in you Do you believe it? That's the question. Do you believe it? Do you believe that your God is as big as you? Or do you believe that your God is so great that the impossible can happen through your life? Do you have faith for the impossible? In that in those meetings miracles were so easy like I wasn't even trying hard. So easy. Sometimes it's easier when there's a language barrier. Let me rephrase it, okay? Cuz that that's what was happening over there. Sometimes it's easier with people who don't who are not analytical. Who try to scrutinize what does he want from me? What is he trying to say? Is this biblical or not? Look at most of the miracles they were not written until Jesus performed them. I leave that with you. There was a guy who came to us his name was Moses but you know in the other it's something else it's Musa uh, and so he came to us and he said I have I have scheduled a surgery for us um 
for me next month for my ears because I can't hear in my right ear uh, and I have surgery in Turkey next month and, I, and I, I'm coming here because I believe that God is going to heal me. I said, okay, cool. We'll just lay hands on you. So he laid hands on him and we commanded his ear to open and within two seconds, I asked him, can you hear this? And he said, yes, I can. Uh, and I, I did that to him and he said three clicks and he just burst out crying because he had a hole in his eardrum he had a hole in his eardrum and for, for a long time he couldn't hear and in an instant two seconds you want to know the grace of God the grace of the grace of God makes miracle signs and wonders look like it is so easy it is easy because you're not doing it it is God doing it through you are you okay are you happy about that so good we had, a, we had a guy, let me push you, can I push you a little bit? Yeah. Are you okay with miracles? So there was a guy, a, a very large man who came for prayer. When I, when I say large, I'm not talking about big and tall. He was very large in the prosperity section. You know what I mean? He was massive. His stomach was like super big. I was like, this guy needs to join, you know, start do Iron Man. Um, but while he was coming to me, he had like gold teeth in his mouth and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, I can't pray for gold teeth. He already has gold teeth. So uh, he came to me and he said, uh, I just uh, have pain in my back uh, and my knees and my ankles. I said, no wonder you have pain in your back, your knees and your ankles. You've been carrying this weight for so long. When I said weight, the Lord told me he has an issue with water retention. And I said, okay, do you believe in the supernatural? He said, uh, you know, something in Russian. So I said, okay, cool. So I'm, I said, I'm going to pray for you. And when I lay my hands on you, your weight will start, you, you know, your stomach will go in. He said, maybe he didn't understand what I said, but sometimes you don't need anybody's faith. You just need to have faith in what God is doing, right? And so I put my hand on his stomach and I just commanded water retention to stop and the water to, to recede. And while I put my hands there, I felt like his stomach go in. And so I said, check, and, and it had lo- he had lost one inch. Okay? His t-shirt, okay, he had a t-shirt on, was super tight. So I said, okay, this is working. Awesome, put my hand again. And I, I laid hands on him, and literally while I'm praying for him, I can feel his stomach go in. And he had lost three inches that day. Three inches, that's cool, man. ha. <laughs> Creative miracles, creative miracles. Just put your hand on them and just say water, go in. Not even fat. I wasn't even talking to fat because it's all water retention. (laughs) Well, if you want to lose weight, just put your hand on your stomach now and just say water, recede. Yeah, lose weight. Just lose weight now. Yeah, wherever you're watching us from. Put your hand on your stomach. If you have love handles, just say love, reduce. (laughs) No, 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 no. Just, yeah, water retention. Just reduce. (laughs) Oh, dear. Another guy came to me, uh, came to Kelsey and me, and he said, uh, he said, I have an issue uh, with my backbone and and it's curved. and And I can't, um, I can't do, I can't swing around, I can't do anything. And he said, it's been hurting me for many years. It, it, literally, his spine was like that. But not at the bottom, but it was right here at the top. Uh, and so I said, okay, cool. So God is in a creative mood. Let's just work this thing while it's happening. So I put my hand on his back and literally I could feel his backbone on the top, like, like in the shape of a C. 
uh, and it's not like he's hunched back like this, but he's standing, but this whole thing at the back is curved like that. And so uh, I said, okay, cool, we'll just pray. I, as I laid my hands on him, I said, Lord, I, I, I rebuke this sickness and, I, and backbone, go back into place right now. And in an instant, the backbone just went in. He was so shocked, he could not believe it. He could not believe it. He's like, no, but, the, no, but, but, but I've had this for so, no, 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 it's gone. It's gone. And he was set free that day. We had so many back, back healings that happened that day. We had, a, we had another boy that came, in, uh, to, came to us for prayer and he's literally, one of his vertebrae was out of place, like physically, like you could feel it out of place. Rub his, rub, uh, if you rubbed his back, uh, you could feel it like that. Uh, and he was, he was, he had so much of pain that he could not even do that. You must understand, he, tremendous pain. And he's come for prayer, young man. Uh, and he was really skinny like this. And you know, I have such jokes that can offend people. Uh, I don't know times and places then jokes just come out like that. Um, and so I looked at him and, and, and I said, so when did you stop playing sports? And he didn't reply to me. And then when I, and he asked me for prayer, I said, okay, now I know. Okay, John, now is not the time. But God was telling me, ask him when he stopped playing sports. But he couldn't tell me because he was carrying such a heavy heart because of it. So I put my hand on his back and I said, backbone, go back into place. And it went in. And I said, okay, how far could you touch your, your you know, can you touch your toes? He said, no, I could never touch my toes. I, this is how far I can go. And I said, okay, but I want you now by faith to touch your toes. And he was really struggling, really struggling. I said, okay, stop, stop, stop. I don't want you to process in your mind. Don't think about the pain. Just know that God has already healed you. And I said, touch your toes. And he just went, he touched his toes. Instantly, got healed, got healed. Come on now, he got healed. There's another boy that came, a uh, young boy who had given his life to, to Jesus that night and he was a weightlifter, but was really short, um, stubby boy and he, he came there and he said, you know, I, I think I was carrying my weights wrong and I've got, a, I can't move, I have huge pain in my, in my back. And I said, okay, cool. So I read, we laid our hands on him and we rebuked the pain and the spasm in his muscle. And I said, okay, can you do something you couldn't do before? And he, he, he gets down back on the ground like with his back on the ground and he does a back flip I was like whoa whoa okay whoa. <laughs> hold on a minute I was like give the guy some room because he's doing a break dance move over here and he literally does a back flip to prove that God healed him it's amazing isn't it it's amazing the word of knowledge was so accurate uh, there, like people would walk up to me and God would reveal everything about them. And there was a girl who was pregnant first time and she came, uh, she didn't come for the conference, but I met her in the second conference uh, and she walked up through the door and the Lord said, three days, in three days she'll give birth. And I was like, okay, God, uh, I'm here now. And it's like literally three days from now, I'll still be here. And if she doesn't give birth, there's a, you know, everything that I've done so far. <laughs> so, so funny enough, she comes and sits in front of Kelsey and me and has lunch. I mean, 
so I said the Lord as soon as I saw you the Lord said within three days you'll give birth uh, and I went on to give her a word uh, and I walked away and then on the third day she gave birth amazing the, what, everything that we gave everything we prophesied over her that she would have a speedy delivery uh, everything like that was exactly the way God had said but but that day uh, the doctors made a mistake while trying to clean her they cut her on the inside they cut her nerves on the inside or her veins and she started bleeding profusely uh, and she almost died in fact the doctors had given up on her uh, and they said no we can't do anything and her dad began to make such an issue in the hospital that they started bringing people you must understand they've operated on her they've opened her up and they operated on her for an hour and a half and the doctors gave up and so by the time now the news had spread around and, and we were in the car and we've been, we've been praying for her. You know, you must understand, you don't have to pray out aloud and shout out. In, in my heart, I was just groaning for this girl because it's her first child and she's, she's barely 22, I think 23. Uh, and it's amazing to see this beautiful child with the joy of the Lord carrying, bringing forth a gift from God. And this was going to be a, a sort of a, a bad experience in her, in her mind, you know. And so I was, I was just contending in my heart for her life and somehow the doctors from, a, from, from, that, from, from the government began to come in and they operated on her and today she's alive because God rescued her. It's amazing. It's amazing. So over the next few weeks, we're going to take some time to understand something beautiful called the father's heart how many of you enjoyed pastor talent's word last week i mean being rooted powerful i love it man so over the next few weeks we're going to understand what is the father's heart okay i would love for you to open your bibles to john chapter 14 and we'll read from verses 7 onwards we're talking about the father today father's heart all right so when we look at the life of Jesus in the scriptures, we see that Jesus is always pointing to a greater reality. Are you with me? So Jesus came to reveal a greater reality and that reality was his heavenly father. Yes? I'll repeat it again till you get it. You're a smart church, aren't you? Yeah. So Jesus came to the earth to reveal a greater reality and that was his heavenly father. So it is in that context he's making these statements. Okay, verse 7. He says this, If you had known me, you would have known my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father and from now on you know him and have seen him. Amazing. If you had known me, if you took the time to get to know me, you would have known that I am in the father and the father is in me. In fact, the father and me are one. If you had known me, you will know the Father. 
Now I'm talking to fathers and spiritual fathers. Now you can be male or female when I say spiritual fathers. But when I'm talking about dads and fathers, I'm talking about dads. Okay? Dads and spiritual dads, spiritual fathers. Jesus is saying this. He's saying, if you had known me, you would have known the father. So our responsibility is not to be the father. Our responsibility is to reveal the father. If you're in some sort of mentorship in this church or leadership or pastoral ministry or you're a life coach or, or you're some sort of leader in some sort of way or head or whatever, 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 the titles are immaterial. You must know that. <laughs> the title is immaterial. The gift is, is, is awesome. Okay? But because of the gift, it doesn't entitle you to become the father. Because you are called a spiritual father or you're called a dad or you're called some sort of leader, pastor, whatever, whatever, it does not give you the right to take place of the father. It gives you the right, your responsibility to the people that you're leading or being a dad or being a, a father over children is to reveal the father. So which means if your children get to know you, they, need, they will get to know their heavenly father. Now the question, the question that should be in your mind should be, have I done what my heavenly father has commissioned me to do? Do my children know my heavenly father more than they know me? So which means to know you is to know the... So you can answer the question to yourself. Have I done what I need to do in order to reveal the Heavenly Father to my children? So which means if your children get to know you, they know their... But what is you? What are you revealing to your children? Are you revealing a father that is insecure? Are you revealing a father that, that is bound by traditions and cultures? Are you a father or a mother? Whatever you can, you, you know, both are one flesh. Are you revealing to your children the limitations that fear has put on the inside of you? Some of you might be, might be put off by the word mystical. Some of you might be like, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. How does miracles happen? Whoa, wait, what is that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You might be, you, but you need to ask yourself the question, why is it a whoa in your life? Why do you cause restrictions around your children to be free? It's because you are bound by something. And when you're bound by something, is it your, are you revealing your heavenly father? Keeping in mind this as a context that Jesus came to reveal the Father. If you know me, you know the Father. Sometimes Christians are so caught up in the man Jesus that the man Jesus has become an idol that hinders them from experiencing the Father. We're so in love with Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus is God. But Jesus came to reveal the Father. I need you, I need you to stretch a little bit. Stretch your faith a little bit. I'm not saying Jesus is bad. Please, oh my goodness, Jesus is God. But Jesus said, I came to reveal the Father. 
Don't make it about me. Make it about my. So if you are falling in love with the father, Jesus has done his job. Now think about it from the context of you and your kids. You and your teams. Have they created an idol called John? Have they created an idol called Ricardo and Lizelle and Amos and Priya? Have they created Kezia as an idol and, and Karen as an idol? Have we created idols in the church because we're so connected with a man and a woman in flesh that we've not seen the Heavenly Father? So the church, the success of the church rises and falls based on the flesh of a man, the character of a man and a woman. But it has, you are not in church because your heavenly father is here. See, we've created idols in our mom and dad. And the mom and dad in there, look, look, I'm not, I'm not saying anything about whether you did a right job or a good job or a bad job. I'm, I'm just saying you did the best you could based on how your earthly father and mother brought you up. But now you're here today. And now you're hearing another word that is truth. Do you know what truth means? Truth means that it is the reality of God. So when you say the truth sets me free, it is my revelation of who God is right here, right now, sets me free from whatever I'm going through in my life. You need a breakthrough, you need truth. You don't need another man, you need your heavenly father to reveal himself. And he reveals himself through Jesus Christ. But the, if we can, if we create a ministry around Jesus, what we're doing is we're saying, I love Jesus because he does miracle signs and wonders to me, for me. And I don't even know the Father. I don't want the Father. The Holy Spirit is quiet. He's, he says the power of God and all that stuff. He's there living on the inside of me. And I like the Holy Spirit. He just gives me some stuff one now and again. But what about the Father? What about your heavenly Father? See, all these miracles, signs and wonders that we saw happening on that day gave me one revelation. How awesome is our Heavenly Father. And our Heavenly Father loves these people so much that He's willing to bring in a person from another country to go into Central Asia just to reveal it. He just wants to show himself off and says, hey, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this guy come out of his comfort zone from another country and then I'm going to come here and I'm going to teach him and you. That's how amazing your heavenly father is. See, look, all of us have come from different countries. We came here because we have certain intentions. We have a job to do. We have all that kind of stuff. We have a family to take care of. We have bills to pay and all of that stuff. But my question to you is, are you doing it? Or is your heavenly father doing it for you? See, the minute you come out of that, oh, I've got to strive, I've got to go to work, I've got to pay the bills, I've got to give, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, you've stepped out from your heavenly father providing for you. When you get the revelation that my father loves me so much, he places me right in the middle of the storm. Wow. Thank you, father. Thank you, father, that nothing is working in the church today. 
I know that something awesome is going to happen. That you love me so much. You love Life Church Global so much that you bring the right people to church every single week. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for my salary and thank you for all the commissions that I make because you know exactly how much I need, but you, you know, you provide according to my need, not according to my greed. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, when you have a right, the truth, a revelation of the Heavenly Father, now you'll step into a place where you start living without fear. Without fear. And so Jesus is saying, if you had known me, you would have known the Father. I want to ask parents today and all of us in the room today, do your kids struggle with fear? Do you or your kids struggle with fear? Because if they do, then we need to work in such a way to become transparent so that they can see how the Heavenly Father functions as their real dad. We're doing a disservice to our children and spiritual children and the people in our teams and the people in the nations because we, by misrepresenting the reality of our Father to them. Now, you didn't know this till you came here today. God is good to you. He's not holding it against you. You did the best you could. Parents, you did the best you could. But now when you've heard this word, <laughs> there is no way you can create an environment of hostility and anger and fear and expect your children to thrive and do well. You can create a, an, an environment of control and think that I'm doing my best. You are doing your best to control them. But their growth is controlled. Your ceiling becomes their ceiling. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And kids, you might be like, oh, well, you know, well, I have nothing to blame here. No, no, you are to blame as well. <laughs> you come to church week after week after week and you hear about such a good God but then when you go home your parents are, are manifesting something else and you choose to believe that more than your Heavenly Father we all have a responsibility ladies and gentlemen we all have a responsibility to reveal and represent our Heavenly Father to our children and our parents. Come on now, I'm going, we have to accept it as truth. We all have a responsibility. You can't say, well, you know, that, the, my environment is like, no, 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 you're, have you, haven't you heard that your father calls light out of darkness? You're telling me that your environment at home is so dark that you are in prison. No, you've, you have a wrong representation of your heavenly father. You can cause 
those things to transform by having the right revelation of your heavenly father are you with me say amen if you're okay verse 8 Philip said Lord show us the father and it is sufficient for us and Jesus said to him have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me Philip he who has seen me has seen the so which means if you have seen me as your pastor you have seen your so it means it's the responsibility of the fathers now to know your heavenly father so that your children don't know the difference Look, I love Life Church Global because we live at a very high standard of the truth. And that's what's different about our church. We don't settle for lies. We don't compromise with gray areas in religion. Then he goes on to say, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. It's amazing, right? You might, you might not have a great revelation of your heavenly father based on how your earthly parents have brought you up but at least they've done some works. They did something. They paid for your education. They worked hard. They did something. So we can't use that as an excuse to say I don't know you. I don't know the way. If you have ever been in an environment that is controlling or that, that you know your parents told you this is what you need to become and, and this is where you need to go and this is what your life should be about then you have been, not had a good representation of God your heavenly father. Let me give you an example. Let me, let me tell you something. You know and, and this is Pastor Daniel shared this with me uh, because we were debating about stewardship. I love talking to people who, who understand stewardship. And I said, you know, he said, you know, do you know uh, that, 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 you know, there are servants who, who receive 10 talents, some receive, you know, five talents, some receive two and one. You know the, the parable in the Bible? And, and, and one goes and he invests it and he gets 10 and he comes back and gives it to the father and he gets 10 cities. Another one gets five cities. But the one that did not do anything with it, right came back because he had a impression of the father so I, I was talking about to him about this stuff on an, in, in terms of business but he said to me you know John even if I had those five talents and if I failed and I lost those five talents my revelation of a good father is that he would give me five more do, do you understand we think that our father will punish us because we lost those five talents. But God is so pleased with you with the fact that you took those five things and did something with it. See, that is the revelation of a good father. That's a father who is free. Not a father who says, oh, you know, I lost money on your education and now you studied to become engineer and now you're becoming what? Social media entrepreneur. What is this? You want to play sports? I paid for your education. I prayed for you and I, I wanted you to become a lawyer. You became pastor. What is this? No, no, I'm not saying me. No, I'm, not saying me. I'm just giving an example. Look, my story is different. 
Okay, from the day I was born, I was given to the Lord. I had no other choice. <laughs> There's nothing. Yeah, even if I wanted to be anything, God chose me to be something. Okay, I'm grateful for where I'm at. But what I'm saying is, we can blame the environments in our lives and what our parents say and what our, what our, what our boss says and all that kind of stuff. We can blame all these environments where we, but when we look at God, our Father in the Bible, we choose to look at Him based on how other people have represented Him to us. And I want to tell you that the, a wrong representation of our Heavenly Father is religion. You want to know what religion is? Religion is man's methods of getting to know your heavenly father. Look, John 10.10 We know this verse because our church is founded on it. I hope you know the verse. It says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill and destroy. I have come huh, that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. So a thief comes to steal, kill and destroy but I have come to give you life. Not based on my own conditions now. But a thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Come on somebody. Now, I want you to, to, to go, now that's John 10, 10, right? I want you to go to John 10, 8 and see who Jesus describes as a thief. John 10, 8 says this, All who ever came before me are thieves and... Wow, Jesus. What are you saying? I told you when you come to Life Church Global, it might sound like heresy first, but as you open your heart, truth will set you free. He's saying, a thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come to give you life. And life in its abundance. Then he goes on to describe who the thief is. He says, all who came before me. Hold on a minute. We're talking about the great fathers of our faith. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, you know, David, da, 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 all of them. You can go through the genealogy and we can create all that stuff. And he's saying, all those people. That is nasty. Lord, I love Abraham. Why? Because of the promises. No, but do you know that I gave him those promises? There's a debate. We are of Abraham's descendants. We are of Moses' descendants. Ah. But all those guys existed to reveal the... If you love Abraham and Moses more than your heavenly father, there's an issue of idolatry. All those who came before me are thieves and robbers. Now, I'm going to, before time's sake, I'm going to paraphrase the story. If you read Exodus 32, because he says, all those who came before me, I want to show you where it started, okay? And as soon as you open your mind and look at the scriptures, you will realize, okay, God is revealing something to me, okay? Exodus 32, we see that Moses goes up the mountaintop and, he's, and the people are down in the valley and... Uh, he's receiving the Ten Commandments from God and God writes it on tablets of stone on the front and on the back and he comes back down the mountain because God says to Moses, Moses, 
the people that you brought out of the wilderness look at the he's separated himself from them now he said the people that you brought out of the wilderness are stiff necked and they are now worshiping another idol you see you see where god's problem is what is the issue with people is idol and so now he says there's an issue i want to destroy them I, just leave me alone moses I leave me alone because I want my wrath to be kindled and I, I want to burn hot against these people and then Moses you know does awesome thank God for Moses he saves 3 million people that day and he he says God you know he starts negotiating like God negotiates with with Abraham he negotiates with God and he says you know God these are your people what would people say what would people say look at Moses his his mindset his frame of mind what would people say when you yourself who brought these people out into the wilderness and then you destroyed them they would say things about you i hope you understand what <laughs> what i'm actually saying <laughs> i'm talking about the fear of men and their opinions that's why from the beginning i just said i don't care it's harsh but it's the truth And so now eventually we see Moses now God says okay Moses uh, the Bible says that he relented from destroying them and so our brother Moses now you must understand what is that revealing to you is revealing that God is slow to anger why does he need to talk to Moses he should have done it himself you see your heavenly father he is not into destroying your life He's not out to get you. He's actually wanting to talk to Moses because he wants Moses to negotiate with him so that the people can be saved. He's slow to anger and abounding in love. That's your heavenly father. That's what you need to understand from the story. And so now Moses now comes down with these tablets of stone. He waddles down and he comes down and he looks at all these people worshiping these idols, this idol, and then he takes the very written commandments of God. You must understand, when you look at those commandments, they are the, the they say the scripture says it is the work of God, which means it's the testimony of God. It, it, those 10 commandments were not for people to do. It was a a testimony that God has already done it. It's a work of grace. It was not the law was not yet established. You must understand. It's a work of grace. So he comes down, he takes this work of grace and he smashes the idol. And then he powders the idol along with the tablets. He burns the whole thing up. He burns the works of God. He burns the testimony and he gets people to drink it. And so now I want you to look at this now. I'm going to read it because we have to understand the context. Exodus 32 Now when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained so he thought when I when I hit this thing and I burn it and I get them to drink it because it's the work of God when they drink it they will change So he sees that these people are not changing and now because they're not changing now he he he, he sees that they're unrestrained parents have you seen your kids unrestrained What have you done? Ah, punish you. Stand in the wall. Stand in the corner. Stand not standing in the wall. Stand in the corner. <laughs> what do you say? What do you say? Time out. You know all of that kind of stuff. When they misbehave, it's time out. Why? Because they are doing something that I don't like and I don't think it's right. But who decided these things? 
Who decided that it's wrong for a child to run in church? Oh, it's unrestrained. Hello, Moses. Look, I don't like kids being in kids' church. I don't get disturbed when they make noise. I just want you to know. We, I don't like creating another syllabus for the children. Like their God is another God. Like a, a smaller God. But the parents are like, but I need five minutes. Five minutes. Why? It's big. You need five minutes because you're constantly after your behave properly. What is he doing? Behave properly. <laughs> Just say welcome back. We have to be, you have to sit right and eat right and don't open your mouth and close this and don't do this. Take the iPad, shove the iPhone into there. They destroy the, constantly they're in front of the iPad. They can't eat without the iPad, can't drink without the iPad. They can't have, there's no social interaction. There's nothing because mom and dad have told me that I have to be perfect and not make any mistakes. And I can't try, I can't go out. I can't go and explore the world. unrestrained look I've learned very quickly that my mom and dad punishing me made me worse than the lessons I've learned from life Pastor John now since you said all of this can you please help me how (laughs) yes I will that's why we're doing this message today It's not only for parents. It's for the kids as well. It's for all the kids. They're teenagers in the room today. You can't act like your heavenly heavenly father doesn't exist. And the parents said, What is up with you, man? (laughs) You can't act like you don't have a God. You can't act and behave and like, oh, I love this guy and I love this girl and I'm going to lie to them and I'm going to be with this guy and I'm going to cheat and I'm going to do all of that stuff. No, that's not a good representation of your heavenly father to your parents. So don't think it's only the mom and dad's job now to change. Ah, I'm so happy to be back, I tell you. And so now we have an issue because Moses, when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained for Aaron had not restrained it. Have you heard it? You know, dad telling the mom, you punish the children. You're not controlling them. You are. <laughs> this is what's happening between Moses and Aaron. And Moses is saying, it's your job. Aaron is saying, your job. Now listen to this. For Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies. What is Moses' issue? That people, this is, the, this is how we convince God not to punish them. That the people who are enemies now, right? They are going to say to us, man, what are these Christians? Look at them. They're worshipping and doing all this stuff and they're dancing around and you know, they, they, they call themselves Christians but they wear short skirts and (laughs) 
You're laughing because either you've said it or you've heard it. <laughs> right? And they go to clubs and they smoke shisha and they do this and they do that and, and there's one type in the church and another type outside. Am I speaking to the right people or? Why, why, if you struggle with smoking and you really believe that that is what your heavenly father does, why don't you do it in front of your mom and dad? Why don't you bring it into church, man? I don't have a problem. I would rather have a person who's drunk in our church than in the clubs. Because that guy is, who's drunk, at least he will listen to me and he will allow me to pray for him and love him. There's no like, have you noticed when you're drunk, like in the clubs, dance moves that never existed come out? <laughs> but when we come to church, it's like, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You have to pray for anti-stiffness in our church. <laughs> well, we only pray for gold dust and gemstones and weight loss. And No, no. We want to pray for you so that you can stop being stiff because religion has made you stiff. No, no, no. I am the man of the house. Well, you're really man of the house by saying it. You have to, you are so weak that you have to imply that you're the man of the house. I don't remember the last time God saying, I am God. In a way that somebody else is greater than him. And so Moses now, listen to this. He has an issue with the fear of man. What will the enemy say about us? And then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, whoever's on the Lord's side, come to me. Whoever receives our revelation, come to this church. Because every other church, somehow, they don't have it. They don't have the power, no revelation. No, no, no man, they're all part of the same body. Less people in the room doesn't make you a failure. And only when new people come to our church, we're like extra love. Like, praise the Lord. <laughs> when the guy sitting next to you is like, dude, I've been in this church. For <laughs> Let me get back to the word. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> and Moses stood in the entrance and he says, whoever's on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi, Levi, not your son, but you know, the sons of Levi, gathered themselves together to him. And here's the mistake. You, want to, you know where, where religion is born? It's this. Thus says the Lord. I'm not saying when a person says, thus says the Lord. I don't see where God said this to Moses. I don't know. I think I read a different Bible than you. He says, thus says the Lord God of Israel, let every man put his sword on his side and go in and out from the entrance to entrance throughout the camp and let every man kill his brother, every man his companion and every man his neighbor. I don't see in the whole chapter God saying that to Moses. God didn't tell Moses, go out and kill these people. 
But Moses misrepresented his heavenly father to the people and, and he positioned them as a powerful God, a God who is angry, a God, if you disobey God and go out to the clubs and if you don't come to church and you're doing this and you're drinking and you're smoking, then you are going to get punished. And those who are in our church, who are a tribe of Levi, who love the Lord, who praise the Lord, who stand in the front, who do the dance, all that stuff, come on my side. And now we are going to feel self-righteous and we're going to annihilate everybody else. Religion is a misrepresentation of a good father. It's a misrepresentation. God never wanted to do that to his people. God never wanted to punish you if you got COVID and didn't come to church for 10 days. God didn't want to pun God is not punishing you if you didn't tithe. God is not punishing you if you did not give your offering. God is not punishing you. He's not interested. God is not interested in, in trying to teach you a lesson by giving you boundaries. Your mistakes create consequences that will teach you lessons. But your heavenly father is not jumping off his throne when you make a mistake. <laughs> He's not going, oh! <laughs> oh, John cussed. Now his swear word is greater than the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And now I've got to, I've got to cut off his tongue. So <laughs> you understand? Where did this come from? Man's Fear of what other people think. Now in Matthew chapter 23, I'm going to rock this boat today. Is that okay? I'm going to deal with something. There's this, this, this in the church of fathers and spiritual fathers. I'm going to say this now. Okay? Are we, are we, are we listening? Yeah. We're good? Okay? So I would love for you to read from verses 1 to 11. But for time's sake, I'm just going to read from verse 7. Actually, from verse 6. He's talking to the scribes and the Pharisees, religious people. And he says this, They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greeting in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi, Pastor, Pastor. But you do, do not be called rabbi for one is your teacher. He's talking about one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One, the Trinity. That one is your teacher. The Christ. Ha, I love that. And you are all brethren. Which means I'm your pastor but I'm also your brother. Just because God has called me into an office called the pastor doesn't mean that I'm higher than you. We're, we're equals. Oh, come on. Religion makes hierarchy in the church. But we are equals. Somebody say equal. I'm your friend. You're my friend. We're a family. But you are brethren. Do not call. Look at this now. You will get super whacked by this one. Right? 
do not call anyone on earth your Okay, are we reading the same Bible? Is it in red? Okay, <laughs> right? Here it says, do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father. Wow. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Look, I'm not, I'm not trying to take away honor from fathers. I'm saying that the honor that a father receives is when he reveals his heavenly father to his children. That is the crown. A pastor is not a spiritual father of a congregation. A pastor's responsibility is to reveal his heavenly father to the people. Your jo- my joy is when you are like your heavenly father. 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 Because the longer you become like me, you will live it yourself. If you think that, wow, man, John did some awesome miracles, you are, you are, you're not seeing it. I have a revelation of my heavenly father. That's why I'm able to do it. Because he loves his people so much. But when you think, man, I, just, I, need, a, I, need, a, I need a Moses anointing. I need a, you know, we, we do that in church. I need double portion of Elijah's anointing. Whoa, dude. Your name is not Elijah. God found you so worth it that not just an anointing, He gave you His Spirit. He's more powerful than anything else. More powerful than anything else. You have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. And that Spirit of God is crying out, Abba, Father. It's amazing how Jesus... It's so straight up. And he's saying, no one is your teacher, but your father is your teacher. Your heavenly father is your teacher. Nobody else is your, is your, is your father. Don't call people your father. If you're in the kingdom, stop it. Only your heavenly father is your father. Now I'm not saying you don't call your dad your dad and your mom your mom because you've called them all that all your life. They relate and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, what I'm trying to say today to you is Come out of their shadow. Come out of their limitations. Come out of, you know, my dad did this to me and my mom did this to me. Come out of that. Come out of the limitations that they created for your, for your life that you are now so comfortable in. Come out of these limitations and come and receive a father who is so free and so full of love that he's not waiting to hold you accountable for your mistakes. Can I have the band up, please? He's not looking for you to make mistakes so he can punish you. He's not looking for the church to be perfect and have the perfect sound. And he says, well, John, you know, that's a successful church. Look at how much work you need to do. Look at how incomplete it is. No, no, no. God, our Heavenly Father loves to play. God, our Heavenly Father loves for you to play. Listen to me very carefully, church. We have had fathers and mothers who have misrepresented our heavenly father to us and it's caused us it works and it's caused us to live in religion religion is not you know what I mean we live in a sensitive region 
But religion, you're in religion when you come into a church. Young people, listen to me. And everybody, listen to me. We're all young people. <laughs> when I say young people, if you thought that I was talking to teenagers, then you are as young as you think you are. So young people, young people, If you are in this church and you're more concerned about how mom and dad see you jumping and dancing in church, then you're under bondage. If you have ever experienced a lack of freedom in your upbringing and you were restricted in in being expressive and you felt like ah, I wanted to be there was a desire in my heart and I wanted to be something else that you, than what you're doing right now I want you to stand up wherever you are If you have ever been in a church that has restricted you, if you have ever been on the receiving side of control and manipulation in any form, whether work, whether your family, I want you to stand up because God is going to set you free. If you've ever been in an environment where people said, don't shout. Don't laugh too loudly. And have controlled you. And you've operated under fear. I want you to stand up. If you have wanted to do something in your life, you like you've exp- and, and, and your mom and dad in love have come to you and said, "Don't do it." Your mom and dad have come to you, or your pastors have come to you, and people around you have come to you and said, "Nah, nah, 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 nah. That's." You're not good enough for that. You're not beautiful enough. You're not, you're not handsome enough. You're not, that girl is not good. Oh man, no, 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 no. If you've had no, no, no all around you, I want you to stand up. I'm making people stand up that are already standing up. But you know what I'm talking about. I'm just calling out something. <laughs> if you have lived a very cautious life, because of rejection stand up because that rejection has caused you to walk around eggshells walk on eggshells around people so I want you to now put your hand on your heart
and say, Father, I thank you that you've set me free from religion. Father, I offer my life to you as a living sacrifice. I am sacrificing religion today. <laughs> I'm sacrificing my wrong view of you. I'm sacrificing all the rules and regulations that people have put on my life. And I thank you that you have set me free. Today, I am free because you are my father. You are a good father. You love me because you are perfect. And so today, Father, from this moment on, I choose to live from perfect love. I come out from the opinions of man. I thank you so much, Father, that you're not looking to punish me. You're not looking to control me. But you're looking to see me be like you. You're looking to see me be like you. Yeah, come on, say it again. You're looking to see me be like you. So from this day on, I choose to be like you. Live like you. Laugh like you. Dance like you. Party like you. Eat like you. Enjoy life just like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, amen. All right. So I want us to do this song, Spirit Breakup. And I want you to come out from wherever you are. And now, here's the test, right? Here's the test. The test is, am I going to worship keeping people in mind? Or am I going to worship because my father set me free? All right, come on out. We'll just worship here, right here in the, in the front. And I want you to sing. I want you to sing like you're free. All right, hold on, hold on. Sorry. Now, you can make your way here. Yeah, come, come, come. Now, those of you who are in the stands, and if you feel like you're under pressure, don't be under pressure. You're free. You're free to stand in the stands and you're free to jump around and dance wherever you are. But, but the reason why I'm calling you to the front is, hold on a minute. Listen, listen to me. Shh, shh, shh. Listen to me. Listen, shh, shh, shh. listen to me. James says, let me show you my faith by my works. 
So if this word has had an impact on your life and this faith is stirred up on the inside of you, then you get out of your chairs. Get out of your chairs and come to the front and we'll just worship. I'll be here. Come on, let's go. So remember, God is not controlling your voice. Doesn't care whether you can sing on time or note or off note. I want the worship team to be as raw as possible. I don't care about perfection. Your heavenly father will make you perfect. All right, let's go. Our father, all of heaven knows your name. Sing louder. Come on now. And let this place erupt with praise. Can you hear it?
just now. Keep the music playing, guys. Yeah, keep playing. You're doing good. Yeah, and they're doing good. Yeah. See, even that, from I have to tell you to do it. Still control. You know that you're free to worship, right? Yeah, so you don't have to wait for me to tell you to scream. You don't have to wait for me to tell you, okay, do this now. You're free. So go for it. Sing your own song to the Lord. Worship God in the beauty of His holiness. that you don't do in malls that you don't do at home uh, that probably you don't do in church but we're going to do it now 
Alright, are you ready for it? Look to your left and your right. And say to yourself, say self, I am not controlled by them. And I want you to look to the band and say band, I'm not controlled by you. I have a spirit of self-control. And right now, I am going to reveal to all yourselves how free I am. By I'm going to jump, I'm going to dance, and I'm going to sing. Alright, can we do a fast song? What's your first song? What was it? Freedom is coming. That's the one. Alright, let's do Freedom is Coming. And I want you to jump and dance. And I want you to move around like you just don't care. Alright, let's go boys. Come on. Yeah. It's a groovy song. May not be fast, but you can move. Come on, move now. Oh yeah, come on. Let's go. For me, sometimes there's an ocean that lies in between. So control. I'll keep in trouble in the party. Be raw, I said be raw, I don't care. Sing it. That's where I will be. Come on, freedom! say about me I don't 
good. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. You know, my spiritual father said to me one day, he says, I will father you as long as you remain raw. I said, cool. I know how to do raw. And sometimes when we try to do church right, we can forget raw. We've got to do church raw. give you freedom today in this church because of the grace of God there is no control nobody's controlling you anymore no one wants to control you we're too busy loving Jesus we're too busy having an awesome relationship with the Father so we're going to do something just to end the day we're going to scream loudly are you ready? Are you ready? So on the count of three, I want all the band, everybody playing, we're going to give a joyful shout unto the Lord as we go out of the rooms. Okay? Are you ready? Are you seriously ready? Do you seriously have the joy of the Lord in you? for one, two, three. That's free. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? We have a good father. We have a father who loves us being free. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Your heavenly father is not going to jump off his throne to come and rescue you. He knows that you're mature enough to know that you've made mistakes. Some people might think, oh, you know, I can say whatever and get away with it. I want you to understand. We speak truth in love. Don't forget the love part. We speak truth in love. We love one another and lay down our lives for one another. This is the gospel. This is the freedom. God gave you freedom so that you can lay your life down. So I want you to honor your mom and dad. I want you to honor your children. I want you to create an environment of heaven on earth. Bless you, church. We love you, God. There is no place like home. There is no place like home. Love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. Love you and we'll see you next week. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys.